friends, and welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other, we have done it. We're back. This is Fairway Rolling, the golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House. On the line, as is always the case, is our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground. This is our first show since Tiger Woods got in a car accident. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time going through that. Of course, we got to give a shout out to Colin Morikawa for what he did at the concession. And then a little preview of what's going to happen at Bay Hill this weekend. The first tee is open. Nate and I are going out. It's going to be a two ball for us. We should be able to make it around in about an hour and a half or so. It just depends on how close to par we shoot. Let's try it on over there and throw a peg in the ground. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets, download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Nate Dog, how you doing, buddy? Well, he's alive. So I'm doing better than I was when the news came out uh, early last week. Yeah, so let's go ahead and... and recap we was kind of minute by minute for us and then for for really everybody um both the the golf community obviously but also the sporting public worldwide i mean it was uh because of tiger's stature as a a legendary sporting figure a worldwide sporting icon we all held our breath for i don't know felt like a couple hours before um, there was confirmation that his injuries were not life-threatening. It took, maybe it was shorter than that, but it felt like two hours to me. H- how is the news hitting your various feeds? And you're, you're physically out in Los Angeles where this all happened. So uh, maybe you got real-time information faster than I did. Yeah, well, there's a weird buzz around it because it came so close to the one-year anniversary of Kobe's death. Yeah, And so the sort of channels were, were kind of a buzz about that. But what really was frightening was 
some of the reports from people who had driven by the scene said, no, this is really bad. And they were extracting him from the car. And then as soon as they showed the car, well, th- that's when you really had to to be terrified of what of what was coming. And so there, there were those few hours where it was unclear if he'd made it really quickly. The, the eyewitness reports started to pour out that he certainly was alert and alive, but that he was in big trouble, uh, certainly in his lower body. And, and that ultimately is what we heard. Now, we should acknowledge this is a guy who prizes his privacy above almost everything else. And you can just see the way that his camp has been handling this that their initial instinct was to lock everything down. And, you know, you just wonder if, you know, I I saw him at the Riviera on Saturday before the accident. So 10 days ago. Yeah. And his gait, you and I talked about this, his gait wasn't right. He was walking gingerly. You could see he was favoring his back in all kinds of ways. Uh, And... Then he had the TV appearance on Sunday that I think, yeah, we talked about it last week, the, the most generous thing you can say is he didn't look great. And he didn't sound great. He didn't sound hugely optimistic. It then looked like from his Instagram feed that he was out having a great time with Jada Pinkett Smith and David Spade and Dwayne Wade and posting videos from Rolling Hills Country Club. And there was some speculation that maybe even he he was swinging a club, which he'd said 24 hours earlier on the telecast that he had not been able to do and had been counseled against doing. Turns out he wasn't swinging a club when he did that. But um, but his team really, I think their initial instinct was to lock down any communication. I can't help but wonder if in the wake of the TV appearance on Sunday, you have no idea how much that was affected by the documentary, but certainly the documentary has been floating around and I'm sure they're upset and unhappy with it. You could see the reflexive action was, let's just say nothing. But man, was there a lot of love on social media and and the rest of the press for Tiger Woods. I think that took them by surprise. And so they have slowly but surely uh, unveiled a little bit of information for us about how he's doing. And certainly it sounds like it was an awful injury, and we'll talk more about that. But the good news is that it's something he can recover from and and be the dad that as everyone has said so eloquently, I think none more than Rory, as usual, is the most important thing for him to be. Yeah, that's right. So a couple things to unbundle from your um, observations there. In the first place, (laughs) ironically enough, we in the podcast that we taped at this time a week ago, pre-accident, wondered aloud between ourselves, when are we going to see him play golf next? Yeah. And in fact, I think the headline for our podcast that that was, you know, published whatever that Wednesday morning, Tuesday morning, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday morning um, was, you know, how many times will we see Tiger play this year? And, yeah. and you know, between the time of publication of the podcast and the accident, you know, they, they very nearly coincided. Yeah. And so uh, there were a lot of responses in the timeline to how many times we might see Tiger play golf. Yeah, that, you know, lighten the mood. I felt f- they were funny after it was clear that he hadn't died from the accident. Um, yeah. You you mentioned his camp, and I thought one aspect of this that was very interesting to me, um, once it became clear that his injuries were not life-threatening, we wanted to try and figure out what the hell happened. And yeah. 
there was enough of a resemblance to what happened in 2017 where he was under the influence of you know some combination of over-the-counter and prescription medication, and he had a car accident, and it was not a good car accident, and it was in the early morning hours that, you know, having just seen him in the Sunday Riviera telecast with glassy eyes and a face that was, you know, uh, kind of uh, puffy, we were worried. We were exchanging worried notes yeah. that this uh, that what had befallen him, what what happened to him, was a a repeat or or another kind of version of what happened in 2017. And part of why we decided to not jump right in and do a podcast last yes. week, we um, talked about it. Yes, was we let's see what comes of the news here. Let's let this. Let's give it 24 hours. See what the story is. And then see if there's any reason for us to jump in with our uh, two cents. And it became clear that, one, you know, as the news sort of came out, that he survived the accident, that he was in a hurry to the photo shoot that you mentioned. Um, Very and, dangerous road that's been host to a number of other accidents. Exactly. And speaking of his camp... Uh, many affirmative statements that there was no indication that he was under the influence of anything. Yeah, LA County Sheriff came out quickly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Very quickly. So whether that was a function of communication between Tiger's camp and the Sheriff's office or the Sheriff's office taking the initiative to communicate that, either way, that element of the you know possible um, how did this happen was taken off the table. And in many respects, I will tell you, it felt like a relief to have that off the table because, you know, the concern um, that at least this is, again, preposterous. Let's just establish the starting point here. You know, you or I having the like, you know, deep concern about a but an athlete in the public eye right. that neither one of us have ever met, but just that we... Uh, have immense respect and admiration for his talent. It's a little ridiculous. I'm conceding it, but that doesn't diminish the fact that I was worried when thinking about you know the implications of this for him. That there was a, another um, version of this prescription drug problem that could be part of the picture. It does not seem like it, right? No, I boycotted the documentary. Okay, <laughs> because. I'm just angry about it. And I felt like we've been through that. But there's no denying that there is an underlying, you know, all people with immense talent and great things have the other side. Life is that way with the yin and the yang. And Tiger has an underlying layer or six of darkness that has always existed underneath him and that he's fought in many ways his whole life particularly in moments where he's been in extreme emotional or physical pain. And so with all that we have been let into about his life, against his will, by the way, that's part of what hurts for him is, is the lack of privacy, right? With all that we've been let in, uh, you know, it, 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 it was not unreasonable, whether that's a real narrative or not, there is an underlying truth to it. It was not unreasonable for a bunch of the fans and observers to wonder if 
unfortunately he'd slipped into a bad place and and that's that's a sad state on the story of Tiger Woods that something like this happens and it's immediately where you go to it was 7:12 in the morning which is a weird time to have an accident but you know in the context that we now understand it's just another one of those bizarre and you can't write this shit if you try you know milestones in an just extraordinary life yeah so i want to touch on the privacy element because that ultimately is the thing that we believe was ultimately the culprit in terms of why was tiger woods driving his own vehicle at that hour in the morning, yeah. seemingly in a rush. Uh, and you made the observation when we were comparing notes on this last week. Obviously, just starting off his day, which means for Tiger Woods, 300 texts, right? At least s- some uh, unnatural number of communications from the outside world that happened for him between the minute that he goes to bed each night and the minute that he wakes up in the morning because of the varied, various and myriad Uh, responsibilities that he has. And so our best guesstimate of what happened is that it was unfamiliarity with the road that he was on speed and maybe giving a glance at the phone at the, at the exactly the wrong time. But it's the, I kept asking you why in view of all that, doesn't the homeboy drive without driver? Like if you wake up in the morning and you know that you have 20 minutes worth of communications that you have to like just touch base or, or confirm whatever, that's the perfect time when you're sitting in the back of a, of a SUV if you're Tiger and just knock it all out. It should be. But Tiger Woods is, feels like he's been betrayed by everybody in his life except for about four or five people. And I, again, I'd boycotted the documentary, but I saw enough of the trailers to know there's a lot of people who are in his past life who came forward, went on camera and talked about him uh, and, and with varying degrees of familiarity with the guy. And so, you know, I think when you build a cocoon and you build a shell to protect against just how fucking insane it is to be that famous, one of the things you stop doing is trusting people to handle things that you think you can do yourself. It's a way of grabbing control of the world around you. And you know, the, the control for him is driving himself, putting both hands on the wheel and doing it. And, and and ironically, that is what got him into trouble on Tuesday morning. Yeah. So the other aspect to this that's too early to tell, but a theme that we've been touching on this entire 2021 calendar year, anticipating the golf season over the balance of this year is the impact on the popularity of televised golf as an entertainment product in the absence of Tiger Woods. Now, we, over the course of this season, many times you've been talking about, you've been counseling, we, the, the, the golf fan community, need to get in touch with the reality that there ain't going to be much Tiger Woods in 2021 and now we know for sure there ain't going to be no Tiger Woods in 2021 in terms of watching him compete um, at a high level in professional golf events. Um, I'm interested. I, I, I We're one week in on this story and we've been musing between ourselves. How do you, how do we assess 
the impact on ratings. What does it mean as an entertainment product for golf? Golf needs to get its act together in terms yeah. of the gambling stuff, in terms yeah. of the accessibility of the product, our ability to watch it the way we want to watch it. All those kinds of things are are all part of the 2021 story. Yes. Now we know for sure there ain't going to be no tiger. Do you have any any reaction one week in to how this is this this might play out? Well, we saw Sunday at the concession so many players wearing red and all week long people paying tribute to Tiger for everything that he's done for the game. Well, they're right. He's done a ton for the game. And now it is time for everybody else to do their damn part because as a as a highly competitive professional golfer it's over for Tiger. And that's okay. Guess who's most okay with that of all the people in the world? Tiger Woods. Yeah. So he has done a ton for the game. He has brought an unbelievable young crop of players who idolized him into the game to the point where now, any week, there are 25 guys who absolutely can win a golf tournament. No questions asked. And another 100 guys who have a chance. So... He's done that. It is now on the players. It is now on the tour to do the hard work of marketing this product, take the game as he has left it for them, and he'll continue to be a part of the game going forward. But he's not going to be showing up on telecasts every Sunday. That's done. And that's okay because there's so much going for golf. But the other stakeholders who are not Tiger Woods and who haven't just been drawn along in his slipstream for the last 20 years now need to step up, and 25 years, by the way, now yeah. need to step up and advance the game and actually do the work versus sort of talking the talk of doing what's good for the game, right? And that means, specifically, PGA Tour has to rethink and advance the way that they market these players. Are we trying to get everybody to know somebody like Max Homa, who, by the way, has been in the featured group the last two weeks after he won and has been a social media star, but before... Max really took things into his own hands to establish his own presence with his online brand. Nobody knew who Max Homa was. Are we trying to introduce people to all of these players? How are we doing that? Just today, there was an announcement that the tour's done a deal with Amazon that's going to allow, uh, through a new app, for you to see every shot by every player. Well, they started that at the players last year. Are they really ready to start doing that at every single golf tournament? That takes a layer of coverage that hasn't existed before. Awesome. I hope so. But there's a bunch of technology and work that has well, to do to cover those players. I mean, the, will the app work? Like how many yeah. times have we been introduced to new apps, you know, in, yeah. in the golf space that have, have universally been substandard? Yeah, the, the, the PGA Tour's digital properties are the best example of great ideas and weak execution. It's just a fact. They have awesome ideas. They think about it in the right way. But when the leaderboard is freezing up on a Sunday... Exactly. On an app, like something isn't right. There's something at the core that's not right. And I think part of the decision that they've made to, to move a bunch of data to Amazon is probably recognizing that they need a partner to help them do that. Good on them. That's a smart, wise decision. Because, again, I think some of the ideas and concepts have been really cool. Um, but it's it's really time to start executing on that because you can't fall back on, up. Oh, Tiger Woods might be making a run up the leaderboard. Let's all, let's all turn. So a whole bunch of decisions to be made about that. And, and Because at the core, if you take Tiger out right now, we do have an amazing crop of young golfers. We just saw Colin Morikawa 
battle it out with Victor Hovland and Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks and, and, and a bunch of guys, none of whom are 30 years old yet, uh, who are going to be for the next 25 years, the story in golf, if the sport can be presented in the right way. Yeah. And that's the real challenge and the thing that you and I have been curious about um, in, in 2021, we know that there are lots of interesting guys across the age spectrum from, you know, the Colin Morikawa, the Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf kind of age range, all the way up into your Ricky Fowler kind of age range. And maybe even uh, beyond, you know, guys like Justin Rose are still playing competitive golf. Paul Casey won yeah. out in, in, you know, won on the European tour this year. How is the tour going to let us get to know some of these guys in a way that um, makes it continually interesting and compelling entertainment product for us? Who are our heroes and villains? Now, they've been greatly helped this year by Patrick Reed reappearing yep. in a questionable rules kind of situation. Greatly helped by uh, in from the summer and last fall by Bryson DeChambeau's uh, unbelievable uh, physical transformation and greatly helped by the reemergence and reappearance of Jordan Spieth in, in the competitive golf scene and a healthy Brooks Kepka who already has a win in 2021 and been right up at the top of the leaderboard in a handful of other events. So the, the house, guys are out there. A, a huge piece of this, which is why you got into doing this podcast has been gambling. Yes. And if the tour has done one thing right, it's that they have understood that and embraced it. And and it going forward is a reason to pay attention every week. That's exactly right. So that that also, the synergies that are supposed to be emanating from the tour's relationships with a whole bunch of different properties in the gambling space we haven't yet, I don't think, scratched the surface no. of what that that might really translate into. To me, the starting point is a super effective technology that fits what you described, which is the ability to watch every shot of every player um, in every competitive round. Because Forevermore. That, creates, yeah. that creates the live opportunity, the way to engage um, in what otherwise would be perhaps a, a, a wonderful Saturday afternoon nap or, yep. you know, a nice lunchtime repasse over the weekend when you're uh, finishing off brunch with your family. Let's get the juices flowing a little bit, Nate Dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. T tis the damn season. It is time to bring uh, this fully to a head. And, and I do think now is the time for the tour to just throw ideas on the wall. Like, I will not fault them for trying a bunch of wacky concepts, like throw some odds up in real time, you know, on a on a par five and have one hole be the odds hole. And every time, you know, players are on it, there's real time odds for who's going to have the best score, whatever it is that they do, in addition to the visualization of the game, which by the way, the telecasts in 2021 have been great. CBS yeah. has absolutely upped their game in a number of ways. We're seeing these courses in in sort of pictures that we yeah. haven't gotten to see before. And, and NBC did a great job at the concession, I thought. Yep. And and now uh, there is such a treasure trove of data 
that is available to inform the way that guys are playing and to help predict the likely outcome of a shot or a hole or a tournament. And it's really time to accelerate bringing that to the forefront. And again, I think if the tour did a smart deal with Amazon that's something more than a press release, Amazon will be able to help them process and present that data in ways that they just don't do a great job of today, even though even though they certainly mean well. Well, it is the processing and the presenting. You mentioned, you know, the ability to live bet as the guys go from hole to hole on the potential outcome of of any given hole. That exists. Like you can do that, but it's entirely dependent on the quality of the sports book, the international sports book that you are right. using that you have access to and right. their internet uh, capacity and your internet capacity. So some kind of standardization of that, right? Something yep. that makes that more accessible. That is is where the sweet spot um, sits. I, I 100% agree with you. Well, we, we talked about, you know, um, it, data processing and trying to do some forecasting. Well, lo and behold, Nate Dog. speaking of such things, we did mention the winner of this past weekend's WGC Workday Championship at the concession, Colin Morikawa showed up in our dialogue last week. So good job by us. We're on a roll, House. We, we, we continue. We, we, we continue gave to out surface Homa. the right people. Yeah, we got out more. Now the reason that we keep it on burger, gave out burger. We yeah. I played I played burger as the one and done. I know we're, we're doing we're doing. Yeah, good. we're on a little little heater here. Um, I am going to need your help for this week's one and done, but let's just talk a little bit about what we saw out of Morikawa. The thesis for his success at this venue, a venue that um, had not hosted a tour event before, was his second shot prowess, was his ball striking prowess, which really translates into accuracy from the fairway. And we had a very fun experience with this venue, the concession. We'd never seen it uh, before on, on television, never seen the pros play it. And from the design features, it was apparent that most of the defense of the golf course resides in the greens and, you know, the the, the trouble that lurks just off the greens. Um, and if you were not a player in control of your irons from the fairway, then you were going to be in trouble at this golf course, right? Yeah. I mean, the elevation in those greens... Uh, coupled with, you know, shaved down sides meant that if you missed the green, you were in big, big trouble. And I, you know, I think it's a little misleading that Colin won the tournament at 18 under because we just didn't really have a lot of wind until the last day. Yeah. Uh, I think under normal windy conditions, this course would have played even more difficult. But what was remarkable for me is we don't get to see a ton of triples and quads from the best players in the world in a tournament. Awesome. Even when they're making birdies. And that was what was so cool about this one. I mean, you know, coming off the riv where every hole is a challenge and yeah, the back nine's tough in particular 12, 13 are are, are tough holes at the riv, but, but it sort of felt like a constant challenge there. Here it was, it was really feast or famine and man, was that fun to see like uh, Victor with a just, takes a huge dump in one, in one round with a quad and comes was, all the way back. His final hole on his Friday round, he, he shot for a, a quadruple bogey and finished 
tied for second in this in this golf tournament. I mean, yeah. just an incredible uh, uh, turn of events. It 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 did bear out the idea that the quad was a pure aberration for him because of how well he was playing. Speaking of ball strikers, I mean, I, I can't remember whether or not we mentioned Vic, but like he fits that same category when we talk yep. about Morikawa of guys who consistently from the fairway, the, the, the challenge that Hovland in particular has that we saw it in all its glory is short game. If he ever yep. gets a short game together, he's going to be something, but it was fun to see the guys experiencing this golf course in real time um, and we were like along for the ride, right? Yeah. I mean, Bryson at plus five on Thursday and <laughs> minus eight on Friday. It just yeah. was great. It was yes. really fun to have a tournament like that. And That's and right. I'm sad if this is the last time we get to see the concession because it showed well. Uh, the guys seemed to enjoy it. It required a whole lot of mental resilience that we don't normally see in in golf courses. We certainly see guys playing hard golf courses. They're going to play a hard golf course this week where the wind's going to be blowing and you know they're going to be lucky if the winner is 10 under. But that that was a different kind of mental toughness that you had to have on this one where you literally had you know if you made a triple you'd go okay on to the next one I can still make you know eight more birdies. That's exactly right. So part of the thing at the WGC event that sets us up very lovely for this week's event at, at Bay Hill. In the first place, I had to re-acclimate my eyes to um, the, the, the Florida golf because we yeah. had we went right from Riviera with that entire sort of Southern Cal uh, barranca and the, the color of the grass and yeah. you know no, no, no water to speak of. Um, to like, why I'm right in the face. It was uh, um, the 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 Florida with where every single shot there's there's water in it. Um, the the sheen on the greens is you know uh, casting light into the background, and so uh, you know the, the was it welcome for you? Was it jarring? Like, is, it, it was, is there something about Florida golf that's off putting? I wasn't ready for it. I'll just I'll just put it that way. Um, it took it took because it looks manufactured or because it's well. I mean, I mean, a, a tiny bit of that, but I mean, I, I think that you know, credit to uh, Jack Nicholas and Tony Jacklin, uh, the the architects of of this thing. It fits that sort of Florida swampland vibe. I just it was just I just wasn't ready for it. That's all. All right. Well, you needed yeah. a week to warm up. You know who else wasn't ready for it was uh, half the guys in the world rankings who've who've ginned up their their, their ranking high enough to make this thing, but just could not hang. Uh, Danny Van Tonder at plus fifteen and and the like, right? Who who, who got into this thing, uh, but but really couldn't hang with some of the big boys. So you weren't the only one uh, who who wasn't ready for this course. That's for sure. I mean, the leaderboard was Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland, one, two, I mean, with, with Kepka and Horschel right there. And Rory, once again, tied yeah. for sixth with a, with a one under par finish on, on Sunday, but a yeah. 66 on Saturday, yeah. had him right in contention. Again, let's go ahead on that note and start talking about the Arnold Palmer Invitational uh, at Bay Hill. 123 golfers, uh, so a limited field um, at Bay Hill, and uh, no Colin, no, right? Well, I mean, you, you know, um, it is on a 
bad part of the schedule. Just the well, way the schedule played out this year. It the is. Players is next week, so yeah. guys are taking a week off. Do, do we think? I mean, just just before we jump into API, we should. We won't have Colin to talk about, but can you just? Where is Colin Morikawa rank right now in, in in terms of world golfers for you? At the very tippy top. I mean, what do you mean? This is you know, as has been widely reported, just the second player to win a major at a WGC before the age of twenty five. He's one of. I mean, I'm just going to do the Justin Ray stats. One of just five players with four or more PGA Tour wins over the last three seasons. The others on that list are Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, and Brooks Kepka. Yeah, so uh, Colin Morikawa's right there. He's inside the top five now of the official World Golf Rankings, and he belongs there. The interesting thing I encountered in reading some of the stories after the, f- the fact with Colin was he confessed losing some focus in the lead up to the masters Yeah, after his, his um, win right. in August at the PGA championship, yeah. he um, needed a reset. He needed a refresh. He'd, he'd missed some cuts in, in the latter parts of, of uh, 2020 and he just needed some, some time away. Um, he got to work with his coach and they had came in with a new, Attitude and um, Nate Dog, he's finished at the top six of three of his four tournaments that he's played in this year. Well, with that, what, <laughs> yeah, good. what I, it, it is pretty good. What I was going to say to you is after PGA, we just didn't hear that much from him. And I, I'm, you know, does that speak to the quality of the fields each week? Yes. But it also felt like he, right, he won in Reno. Then, you know, he won at the, at the work day. Then he won the PGA. So th- he's sort of, is this a streaky player who gets hot and then goes away, resets, gets hot and then goes away, resets? One of the things this week that he attributed this win to was talking to two of the old guys because he came in with a totally different putting stroke using the saw that he learned from Marco Mira. And literally at the end of the telecast on Sunday, he thanked Paul Azinger, who he said gave him a short game wedge tip that he said got him around the course. Uh, I and absolutely he, love that. Uh, yeah, I did I'm too. Glad that you mentioned it. Um, and that is an indication. So the the one thing I I always look for out of these kids, uh, and I I legitimately can call him a a, a kid uh, based on my status in life now. Yeah, um, is the consistency because. Right. You, 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 I understand the preposterous nature of what I'm about to say, but I'm always looking for the guys who can put the, the, the pedal down and go win golf tournaments at a frequency, not like Tiger, because Tiger, nobody can win it at a frequency like Tiger. Right. Right. But I want to see the guys at the top all the time. And the last guy to have that was Jordan Spieth to me. Well, that's what scares me about Colin Morikawa. That's exactly okay. what I was going to say. Is is he's taken over the mantle a little bit of just like graceful, you know, unbelievably charming, endearing, humble, always says the right thing, you know, goes out and wins. Is not the sort of aggressive like uh, alpha Kepka guy. He's kind of an anti Kepka in that way. You know, physically he's he's kind of unassuming, right? But he just has he just has the smoothest swing ever. It's going to be, can he continue to do this beyond the age of 24? Can he keep going? 
and, and does the attention, does the, you know, does it weigh on him? And we don't know a lot about his mentality yet, right? We haven't really seen him in crazy high-pressure situations. This was maybe, you know, the PGA, he kind of came out and, and yeah, I'm not going to say, he played a great final round, right? He shot 64 on Sunday uh, to, to go win it. But, but he wasn't sort of being hunted down the way that he was this Sunday. So it's very interesting to see how he's going to hold up in these moments. I'm not um, doing this for any reason other than keeping the record clean. He shot 69 on Sunday. He Thank did you. shoot a 64. He shot 64 on, on Friday. Thank you. Showing us. But he all three, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all three rounds um, under par, significantly under par, Uh you know, yeah, so sorry, three, sorry. I, when I said 64 on Sunday, I meant it at PGA. Did he not? Oh, shoot? oh yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Wh- wh- which was an indication of now I'm ju- understanding. Yeah, yeah. Of of just his ability in those high pressure moments. But that one felt like he almost, I mean, he chased down DJ, right? right. This was the first time where we really saw the a bunch of the best golfers in the world with a target on him. And he won by more than he started the day at. Yeah, that's exactly right. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So um, let's talk a little bit about Bay Hill. You mentioned that we're not going to have 
uh, Morikawa. We're not going to have Justin Thomas. We're not going to have Dustin Johnson. But we still have. It's still a pretty uh, a great field. Um, we do get to see Jordan Spieth again. We do uh, get to see defending champion Terrell Hatton. Um, and look, Rory's here. Bryson's here. Patrick Reed's here. So great uh, uh, field. Again, squeezed by just where um, in this super schedule that the tours had to comprise for 2021, the tournament falls in between a WGC event and the, the players. And so there are guys taking a break. Um, and you mentioned earlier the uh, idea that we ought not to put too much stock in the, in, in the fact that the concession permitted an 18 under par uh, tournament finish because the wind never really came up. Bay Hill is another venue where guys can shoot 18 or 19 or 20 under, or like last year, the winner can shoot four under. And yeah. it just depends on how the wind's blowing and what the weather looks like. The forecast that I've seen so far suggests potential for rain Tuesday, Wednesday. So maybe softening things up a bit, but I didn't. And then, and then Thursday, Friday, 75 and sunny. Yeah. It's going to be uh, nice, but then yeah. it's going to get gnarly on the weekend. We're going right. to see some wind back come back this weekend, I think. Which is what we want, right? Yeah. Yeah, so let, let's talk about some guys. One interesting thing about this um, is... You're going to make the, the international point, aren't you? Of course, of course. The last five winners of this event have all been international players, rest of world players, not What do we think uh, that Americans. means? What does that tell us about this? Um... I think, and 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 there, there, folks have drawn um, a little bit of a corollary correlation to um, correlation, not corollary correlation to Tory, and I think it's a function of Tory Pines out in, in San Diego, of uh, the Bermuda that the European guys are all comfortable with, European and Australian, and just those guys less affected by uh, ornery weather and mm. and. And they know and, the and, wind. And that's it. I mean, I, you know, it, it is kind of an anomaly, right? Um, it, it's a, obviously a function of um, who's playing the tournament. There have been some uh, discussion over the last handful of years about the, the, the field and guys respectfully telling, you know, sending notes to Arnold Palmer. I'm sorry, I can't come play your tournament. And then after he passed, guys skipping the event. Um, yeah. It's one but, of those that feels like it's going to start to weaken just because of its place in the schedule. I, but, uh, but I hope not. Yeah, I, I, I hope not as well. I just wonder, do you continue? It's a streak, right? Is it a streak that is purposeful, in which case we should double down on it? Or is it a streak that's sort of sitting there made to be broken in your mind? Well, I, I'm going to continue to, to ride the streak. The other facet of this of these these the attribute of these winners is they're either major winners or guys that have been around the hoop hmm. so it's rory it's, Mark it's not Leishman. taylor gooch yeah right uh it, it's a whole bunch of guys you, you have three major winners jason days in that mix I, I yeah. i'm not pulling them off the top of my head and no. then the two non-major winners were tyrrell hatton and and leishman but both both those guys leishman made it to the playoffs of the British Open that Zach Johnson won, uh, the playoff. That's what they call it in golf. It's not playoffs. Yeah. And um, uh, Hatton has been top 10 leaderboard uh, more than than, than a couple yeah. uh, majors. So yeah. um, there's just a, a real 
you know, oh, Frankie Onions. How can I forget Frankie Onions? Yeah. He's the other major winner um, of recent Francesco Molinari. Our guy. Yeah. So, uh, so what do we you think know, for this week with all that taken in? I mean, this is a, a tough one. There's a bunch of guys in form. There's a bunch of guys in form. There like, really are. I, I'm not going to uh, ignore Patrick Reed. No. He's just been playing too too damn well. Putting his face off. Yes. Face melting putts. That's that's right. You have to figure out a way to pick put, to put Rory in the mix. He has the track record at uh, uh, Bay Hill. Um, he obviously has reverence for, for Arnold, um, you playing, know, playing well enough just still isn't stringing the four powerful rounds together. I look, I feel like we got to work backwards on this one. Help me. Who is not going to win the players? Well, see, now you're putting me in the position of basically telling you who I want to pick for the one undone and who I want to pick for this week. I just think... Do you know who that answer is? Uh, who, who you want to pick for the... No, tell me. I want, I want to pick Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah. You yeah, tell you me do, not. Tell you know, me why not to. I'll tell you why not to, because it's everybody's saying Matthew Fitzpatrick. It, <laughs> it, it's showing up in everybody's blood. And here's I why. Know. It's because he played well uh, under tough conditions at Riviera. And because he played well in the wind uh, last week. And we talked about him last week coming in as one of the two guys to pay attention to uh, because of that reason. And listen, he did fine. I-, I just don't know that Matthew Fitzpatrick is at that elite level that you talked about, which is yeah. guys who've won majors or who've been around the hoop. That It feels like... Uh, one of those guys who, you know, has been on a little bit of a streak, but isn't able to keep that up as consistently as the top tier golfers. I, I would fade him this week and I'm probably going to have to swallow my foot, but I would fade him this week just because everybody's jumping on him right now. Yeah. Well, cause his, his round, his 69 last year when everybody else was o- over par was, yeah. it was like one of those, um, he likes the wind. Once in a lifetime kind of gigs where right he was however many strokes better than than average but, but for I the also field saw that him, day. I also saw him Sunday at Riv and it it wasn't great. Okay, well if, if nine, I don't he made no birdies, he just he just didn't show. If I don't, I haven't played Patrick Reed yet. Uh, I'm not in the talking one and either. done. I don't want to play Rory yet. No. I want to save Rory for uh, a, a, a major. Listen, what um, do you need out of it this week? Do you need a, you don't need a win. What do you need? I'd like you need a, a win. I kind of need a win. I need a win because John Rahm really. Oh man, boy, did he poop on your parade. Served up some sour paella last week. Well, we figured I mean, out why he was hanging out at the Riv though. Well, well, what's the answer? Remind me. The The answer is he and Tony Finau have struck up a bromance living in Scottsdale. So he okay. was hanging out to support Tony, which doesn't really work with like the Rom robot. Uh, maybe that's why he, he, he sucked last week at the concession because <laughs> he, he, he's going soft on us. Uh, well, I'm not playing him this week because he's not at the tournament. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I already burned and him for, burned for one and done purposes, but I'm just talking about All for right. other... Well, Fitzpatrick, I can't listen. Given given the other range of guys, I mean, what are you holding on to Hatton for? Right. So the, here are the other contenders: Tyrrell Hatton and Victor Hovland. And I got a really strong feeling for Hovland. I mean, um, he's so close. It, it's like you know, uh, uh, boy, what a way to go out on a limb, House. Way to go really deep on the card. 
Yeah. All I know is every single week I open up the leaderboard and every single week Victor Hovland's right there. Yeah. So he he might be my dog this week. Hatton makes sense for uh, a bunch of obvious reasons. He's clearly comfortable. He played good. He was uh, eighth in putting last week, 10th in approach last right. week. He, he was good he, last he, week. He was hitting the ball well. Yes, exactly. And and maybe he just channels. Maybe he pulls a Matt Every on us oh, and channels. And doubles <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah, doubles down. It's, it's, it's possible. You can't um, rule it out. Is there any reason... You know who has a good track record here, but was all over the goddamn ballpark um, last week was Bryson. Yeah. I, Is there I just, any reason? He has a really nice uh, uh, course history at Bay Hill. But you have to save him through the whole spring, right? I, I mean, that that's... You you want to have him available, available just, for the Masters and the other WGC events, I feel like. And maybe the U.S. Open. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. The majors, yeah. Yeah. Right. For, for yeah. The, so I, I just don't want you burning Bryson DeChambeau at API when he's probably thinking ahead to the players and the other big championships. So yeah. I, look, Good point. I, somewhere between Leishman, uh-huh. who was T2 here last year, yep. Mul, you know, Frankie Onions, who's got three top tens in seven events. It's just, his putting has just been a, just a cluster. Yeah. But other than that, you know, besides the little top three would at Pebble, which was awesome. Um, everything else, his ball striking has been great. I mean, he's playing well. I, I wasn't kidding with Taylor Gooch. You don't go burn Taylor Gooch, but he was T5 at Genesis and he was T13 last year at API. Like he, he's going to be in the mix. So I, Wait, that's a great name. And that's a helpful to all the birdie buddies out there as they build out the lineups. I'm telling you right now, um, you've talked me into it. I'm going to include Fitzpatrick. I'm going to play him okay. in some stuff depending okay. on... I'm not going to play him um, for one and done, though. I'm going to play him on my betting ticket. I'm going to do Hovland. Okay. Well, you're not convinced. Yeah. You I didn't mean, sound convinced. No, he's playing the best of... Consistently best of anybody coming in. Other than Morikawa. Yeah. But Morikawa's not playing, right? Yeah. I mean, Br- Bryson's the one where you go, holy shit, he was eight under on Friday. Like, he's going to figure it out here at some point. I just think he's going to try to peak mentally and, and with his game for the players and the Masters and that this this week probably doesn't matter as much and that we're going to have the wind and maybe he goes head case. So th- this feels more like, a yeah, Victor, you know, a, a Victor Hatton, yeah, you know, I'm- Molinari, Leishman type win. I'm playing Victor because he fits one of the things we talked about at the beginning, which is class of player, guy that's going to win a major, guy that has already won um, yeah. the U.S. Amateur out at, at at Pebble Beach. Yeah. You know, if you said to me, who's going to win a major first, Matthew Fitzpatrick or Victor Hovland, you have to go Hovland. So that, yeah. that's it. That's the distinguishing factor for me. Uh, you know, is there anybody else, I mean, further down the card, not to win this week, but top 20, top 30, that you look at Fitzpatrick, I think you, you got to ride him there. I'm just not sure he's primed to win yet. I I, I need to see the kid play a great Sunday to believe he's going to win a, a golf tournament in the next six months. But uh, again, I look forward to him punching me right in the throat on Sunday. I like the form of a guy like Cameron Davis. You know, yeah. Australian We've guy. Been talking about Cam Davis, he is a good golfer. Yep, top fifteen at, at Pebble. So he, you know, he's in in form. You're not worried about. Uh, ball striking or, or short game with him. The only thing with him um, about uh, this week is it's his first time playing um, this event. So he has the all-around game, lots mm-hmm. of uh, greens and regulation to, to point to, but do you take a guy the first time he's playing 
a venue. Um, I also don't hate, I like the um, form that Sebastian Munoz is in right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks like I, he lost a little bit of weight. I, that, that, that works, right? I mean, we, we need guys at this venue. If you look at some of the analytics and the stats, you're looking at guys who, who are good from 200 yards or out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on approach, and he fits uh, nicely at that. Just uh, finishing the top 25 at the WGC. He was top 20 um, at the Masters. Nice low ball flight for yep. Sebastian Munoz. So those yep. are all the I reasons why it. you put it on a dance it. card, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, that He's in the ballpark for me with like a Keegan Bradley, who has had a renaissance of late for sure. He He's like... Sixth in driving, 18th in greens hit, seventh in strokes gained approach, ninth strokes gained tee to green. And he's made the cut at this event every year since 2013. So is Keegan going to win? I don't think so, but he's been popping up on leaderboards of late. He's playing decently well. This is a course he likes. And, you know, when you're thinking about top 20, top 30, or to fill out the sort of, you know, two, three, four, five spot in your fantasy team he's the kind of guy who i think you want to you want to pull in especially because his odds aren't bad this week well the only thing make sure you're getting compensated properly for your keegan bradley risk this is a uh, pat mayo stat um he did a strokes gained putting per round on you know lightning fast bermuda greens and keegan does not fare well in that metric a, a, a guy that does fare well in that metric, though, who we haven't mentioned, Patrick Reed does fare well on that uh, metric. He, fa- he fares well putting on his carpet or a uh, pavement or anything. We haven't mentioned Billy Horschel. Um, yeah. And there is something to seeing Billy Horschel on Florida golf courses that kind of fits the eye, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's for a Florida all, guy. For all the Florida stuff, exactly. So that might be another guy worth... I'm not playing... I, I might look and see if there's a favorable matchup for, for Billy ho ho yeah. ho yeah. Something like that. Just Maybe be look careful. for a top 20. Because last, uh, week, last week seemed emotionally to take a lot out of him. Well, I mean, see, he shot under par every round of the tournament. He, he was great, but by the back nine, he was throwing his balls into the into the crowd <laughs> and in the was, lakes and shit. He was disappointed. I like that fiery competitive uh, instinct out, out of Billy Ho-Ho-Ho. I, 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 don't, I don't mind it. Listen, if you really got to go deep and you're looking at super long odds, I do think Taylor Gooch is, is a guy to look at. This is a course he likes, and he's in, in good form. And then the guy nobody's looking at who finished top five here last year and plays really well in the wind and tough conditions is none other than the den mother, Joel Damon. Who, okay. Who it has, has not had a great run of late, but certainly feels like the game is close. And... I just know that Joel Damon plays really, really well in the wind. And so if he can make it to the weekend, he is going to top 20. I love it. Let's root for it. The den mother, Joel Damon. Let's get a top 20 out of him. Nate Dog. it's a beautiful card. We have lots to be thankful for. Tiger Woods is alive. Uh, yes. Colin Morikawa is a worthy champion. Yes. We are one week closer to the Masters. It's getting warm out here on the East Coast. I'm going to play golf at least once, maybe twice this week. Oh, my I mean, God. Thing, things are coming together, buddy. It's we're going to have together. our shots, and we're going to get to play together before too long. That's it. That's what we're working on. Things All right, are looking Nate up, Dunk. House. That's it. All right, my Eagle enthusiasts, my birdie buddies. There we have it. Let's all please try and hit them straight out there. We'll be back next week with another edition of Fairway Rolling.
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 